You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Presented by Angie.com, your home for everything home, and Owens Corning. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Scretti. What are you working on this beautiful spring weekend? If it's your house, you're in exactly the right place because that's what we do. And in particular, we are here to help you take on projects that you want to get done around your house. So you need help solving a DIY dilemma? Do you have a decor challenge? Do you have a project you'd like to get done, but you just don't know where to start? Well, start right here. A couple of ways to get in touch with us. First up, you can go to moneypit.com slash ask. Click the blue microphone button and send us your question. You can also call us, though, at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, and we'll call you back the next time we're in the studio. We've got a great show lined up for today, starting with the topic of clean homes. Everybody wants one, but did you know that some spring cleaning products can actually be hazardous to your health? So we've got tips on what to look for to make sure your clean house doesn't come at a cost to your health. And with a whopping 92% of today's home buyers using the internet in their search process, adding attractive photos to your online listing is one of the most important things that you can do to help sell your home. So we're going to share some tips for a picture-perfect listing. And can't wait for all those spring flowers to bloom? Well, we can help with tips on how to get a color-filled garden going immediately, no matter where you live. But first, are you dreaming about a project that you'd like to tackle this spring? Well, if you can dream it, you can do it, and we can help. So give us a call. Let us know what you are planning on working on this weekend, and then the weekend's coming up this wonderful spring and summer season, so we can help you tackle all of those projects with confidence. That number again is one eight 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 Money Pit, or post your questions at moneypit.com slash ask. Just click the blue microphone button. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Heading down to Florida, where we've got Mike on the line who's got an AC issue. What's going on? You definitely need the AC down there. How can we help? Hey, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. We just moved down here. My wife and I retired, moved to Florida uh, six months ago, and we had an air conditioning folk come out and, and do an inspection, and they said because of the age of the system, they weren't able to use any kind of a brush or machine to to get it cleaned out. To clean what out, exactly? Dust out of the AC vents. Okay. And he said it would just create so many holes in it that it would be impossible, plus it's a cathedral yep. ceiling, okay. no room to get up in there. And his suggestion, uh, he cut open the plenum box, and he mm-hmm. showed me some pictures of some um, what looked like mold issues, and his suggestion was to put in a uh, UV light. Um, have you heard of much success with the UV lights? I tell you what it sounds like. It sounds to me like you got an air conditioning guy trying to sell you some upgrades here. 
First of all, I don't believe in duct cleaning, especially with flex ducts. I don't think it's necessary. I think any dust that's floating around in there can easily be trapped with the right kind of filter. So if you have an efficient filter, you're going to trap all that dust. In terms of the UV light, yes, the idea is that as the air blows across the area it's lighted, the light will kill any spores that are in there. But in my experience, those lights have to be pretty intense to do the job that a lot of folks think that they're doing. So I'm not so sure that that's a great idea. And in terms of that coil, there's a very simple product called Coil Cleaner. And if you take the plenum apart and you blast that coil with the coil cleaner, all of that stuff will loosen up and can be um, sucked right off with a vacuum or, or brushed away. So to me, it sounds a lot like he's trying to upsell you on um, some improvements to the system where I don't necessarily think, based on what I'm hearing here, that's necessary. All right, that makes sense. And yeah, he definitely uh, is trying to do an upsell. So. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. And by the way, what the heck does age have to do with your ducks being dusty or not? You know, that that's not, one has nothing to do with the other. These guys come out and say, well, you need an old system, so we can do this, that, or the other thing to it. It's like, just because it's old doesn't mean you have to do anything to it if it's working right. Just keep it clean, use a good filter, and uh, and enjoy life. Okay. <laughs> we'll do that. Thanks. All right, Mike. Good luck with that project. Or good luck now that we told you you don't have a project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Heidi in North Carolina is on the line with an electrical problem. How can we help you today? Well, I have a kind of a two-part question. I have an older home. It's about 68 years old. Um, we paid an electrician to come in when we converted over to a heat pump from an oil furnace um, to up our service. And um, we have an old fuse box that are the screw-in type fuses. And when he put the system in, the new... Um, um, electrical box. He was supposed to convert everything over into the new electrical box, and he left the little electrical box, the little fuse box in my kitchen. And unfortunately, he put the new electrical box on the outside of my house. I would be okay, except I'm a single woman, and I don't, you know, safety reasons, I don't think it's really smart, considering I have a full-size right. basement that could easily be put in. So do I need to, I mean, I would never call this guy again, Um for lots of reasons, but do I need to pay somebody else to come in and convert that last part of my home into this other fuse box? Or, um, you know, these little fuses are hard to find, and, you know, when they blow... So it's definitely an active panel, right, the fuse panel? Oh, it's active, yes, sir. Okay. So that's called a sub-panel, and that's going to be a, a sub-panel from the main panel. You said the main panel is now in the basement, or the main panel is outside? It's outside. We have a full basement, and why he put it outside, I have no clue, but he put the main panel. Yeah, that makes no sense, because the only time you usually see full panels outside is maybe a condominium situation, and then they're in utility closets. So I can't imagine why that was done that way. It it doesn't make sense. It sounds to me like you do need a better electrician to come in and take care of this. If it makes you feel any better, the fact that you have a fuse box does not mean that it's unsafe. Fuses are actually quite safe if it's the right size fuse matched against the wire that's hooked up to that circuit. And so to know if that's the case, somebody has to open the panel and say, okay, this is number 14 wire, so it's a 15 amp fuse, and this is number 12 wire, so it's a 20 amp fuse, and so on, and physically write that like right above the fuse on the panel so you know what size to put in there. Because it's too easy with a fuse box to put in a 20 amp fuse on a wire that's only rated for 15 amps, then of course that's potentially unsafe. 
So it does sound like you need another electrician. It's obviously not a do-it-yourself project. And unless there's some compelling code reason in your part of the country to put that outside, I don't understand why they would have done that. And, you know, you could you could consider rerunning it back to the inside. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of where we're at. It's not an easy fix. It's one that's going to require uh, the investment of a good electrician. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Heidi. Thank you for calling us at 888 Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Jay who's looking for a way to protect the plumbing system at his vacation home. What's going on? My wife and I just bought a house in the Catskills. Since we're not there full-time and I'm a bit of a worrier, I've been researching different types of monitoring tools. For example, uh, we don't have a generator, so I was quite concerned with the possibility of frozen pipes during power outages. Um, Now, to protect against potential water damage from leaks, I have been looking into water monitors, some with automatic or remote Wi-Fi-enabled shutoffs. I should mention that I have a well pump and no water meter because I know some of these products work through a water meter. So, Jay, those automatic water shutoff valves have been around for a long time. And, of course, as equipment got smarter and became Wi-Fi-enabled and had apps it became even easier to use them. I'll tell you, it's the kind of thing that sits dormant. You hope it never has to fire. But when it does, it can definitely prevent thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. Now, you make a good point in that when you when you search for this, you need to make sure that it is capable of working with a well system because you are correct that not all of them are. One of the models that will work with a well is called Flow Logic. They've been around a long time, and it is a smart valve that will work with a well system, and it's an important thing to check because not all of them do. And once you install that, you should really have very little to worry about. Now, I also want to comment on your – I also want to add to your point about generators. You ought to take a look at having emergency backup generators. If you have natural gas or propane, a backup generator would solve a lot of your concerns about what happens to a house when the power goes out and the prices on these have come down. They are much more efficient. They work great. I've had one for like 20 years. Actually, I've had two. I had one, and then I had another one that actually was bigger and did more. And I'm just absolutely hooked. I wouldn't want to have a house without them. And I'm living here, but I'll tell you what, if I had a vacation house, it would be one of the first things I put in. So good luck with that property, and I hope these tips helped you out. Next up, we've got Judy on the line who needs some help with a wood floor. What can we do for you? Uh, we are purchasing a house which is under construction, and we chose hardwood floors. It is my understanding these will be 
glued down type and not floated. I would like to know especially uh, what's the best way to care for them, especially in the kitchen. And I have heard of people using steam to clean them, and that's something that is new to me. Can you enlighten me? The only type of glued-down floor that I'm aware of is a parquet floor. Now, if that's not the case, I would like to know what what product exactly they're putting down. I will say that most likely most of these hardwood floors today are pre-finished. And if they're pre-finished, my quick answer is you follow the manufacturer's uh, recommendations for maintenance. Whether you use steam or not, those steam mops, I have some concerns about them because they do get so hot that if they are held in one place for too long, they couldn't cause the wood to swell. But but maybe if they're used carefully and without on the highest level of steam, they probably are, are okay for, for hardwood floor maintenance and cleaning. All right. Well, thank you very much. Well, when it comes to keeping your home clean, there are plenty of options out there, but not all cleaning products are created equal, and some might be more harmful to you and the environment than others out there. So, for example, you might have seen more marketing for non-toxic or earth-friendly or hypoallergenic cleaning products lately, but you've got to keep in mind that these terms aren't officially defined, so it's important to read labels carefully and be aware of the ingredients that are listed. Now, for healthier and less hazardous options, you can DIY your cleaning solutions. For example, you could use simple ingredients like baking soda and vinegar and lemon. That could be a convenient and affordable and effective way to do lots of cleaning projects. Just be sure to check before mixing with any other ingredients that may cause a harmful reaction. Now, if you're looking for some great natural recipes to try, we have a complete list of 10 DIY kid-safe cleaners on moneypit.com tells you everything you need to mix up your own. Yeah, and no matter what cleaning products you're using, safety is key. You want to make sure you keep them away from your kids and the pets. You want to read those labels carefully. You need to wear protective gear and make sure you ventilate the area while you're cleaning. And remember, simple soap and water can actually do the trick for a lot of your cleaning needs. Yep, and when you're finished cleaning or you need to get rid of the old products, make sure you dispose of them properly. This will keep us all green for many years ahead. Patrick in Iowa is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you today? Okay, I bought a home. It was a for sale by owner. The roof was put on about four or five years ago. And in the, the disclosure, he mentioned there was nothing wrong with the roof. But since moving in, now being in Iowa, we get severe weather. And I understand, you know, a couple shingles might rip off during a windstorm or something like that. But it's literally, it's daily shingles are coming off. So I patched some of the shingles, but it is, it's every time we get a wind, shingles are just blowing off. And so I asked him, can I have the name of the company that did the roof? And so I got the name and phone number and I talked to the workers that did it. And they said, we've been out there every single year, year after year. We told him it's no longer covered. He has to pay for it himself. And and he and they asked him that he mentioned that in the disclosure, and I looked through the disclosure, and of course, there's nothing in the disclosure that right, mentions anything about. Her. Yeah, wow, sounds like you have a pretty strong case of fraud. Well, and and of course, I don't want to go down a road that you know is going to take months and months and months or years, but uh, it is. It's just one of those cases that if it's not in the disclosure, but then 
I can prove that it is. I mean, is there any recourse whatsoever? Well, yeah. I mean, the recourse is to hold them legally responsible for the cost of replacing the roof. And, you know, this is really more of a question for an attorney than than for uh, home improvement experts like ourselves. But, you know, I was a professional home inspector for many years. I've seen these situations before. And if you have a seller that outright misrepresents the condition of uh, part of the property on the disclosure, then they should be held liable for that. And and in some cases can be held liable for, for multiples of what the actual damages, which in this case is essentially going to be the cost of a new roof. And it's not just that. I mean, if I was told, then I could have just, you know, budgeted for... Right. You could have headed it off. Exactly. But, you know, it's uh, some people just want to make sure, just want to uh, misrepresent their home and, and try to hide all the problems. And that's why you have professional home inspectors out there, which, by the way, did you get a home inspection done, Patrick? Yes. There is a mortgage on it. Of course, the mortgage company did their inspections. Well, no, no. Besides the mortgage company, did you have your own independent professional home inspection done? I did not. Yeah. So that's that's probably was a mistake because home inspectors work for you, not for the mortgage company. And, and a good quality home inspector, for example, one that's a member of the American Society of Home Inspectors, uh, would have spent two to three hours going over that house and probably would have seen all of the repaired shingles because that's something that's actually fairly obvious to see. So unfortunately, you can't focus on the past, but you know you should try to hold this uh, seller responsible and maybe you could take them to small claims court. I don't know. Again, question for a lawyer, but it sounds like you're going to need a new roof. Well, I know that. It's a metal roof that's going to be going on. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck. Sorry that happened to you, Patrick. Good luck with the project, though. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Louise in Delaware is on the line with some carpenter bees visiting her home. Tell us what's going on. Um, I have a deck in my at my back door, and I have a, a roof. It doesn't extend all the way out to the end of the deck, just about halfway. And I've been having for several years um, a major problem with carpenter bees. They they actually make perfectly round holes in the roof of the deck and I I had an exterminator a couple years ago and he said he would spray it but no guarantees and he sprayed it and maybe for about five days I didn't see them but they came right back but someone told me get steel wool and put steel wool in the holes because they can't get out. There's the do-yourself methods and there's the professional methods. I'm troubled by the fact that you hired an exterminator, sounds like it was some time ago, and they wouldn't guarantee a result. That's not acceptable. Most professional exterminators have the tools, the knowledge, and uh, the pesticides to effectively eliminate carpenter bees with a reasonable guarantee of success. So if you have such a serious problem as this, I would definitely suggest that you go find yourself a new exterminator, Uh, maybe from a national brand company like Orkin. You'd have better success with that. Now, if you want to do this yourself, you know, the reason that the bees form those holes is because they're they're nesting. And so the way they're treated is you spray pesticide inside those holes. You can also spray something that's petroleum-based inside the holes because they don't like that. There's lots of ways that you could try this yourself. But given the, the severity of the problem, I would suggest you find a good exterminator that can treat it with the right type of pesticide and you not have to worry about it. So, Leslie, I was uh, doing some seeding uh, this past weekend because we had some areas that were just a little bit raw and had to be patched. So when I seed, I usually put straw over top of it because it keeps that area like damp so the seeds will come up. And I needed to get some new straw because I didn't have any. So I went on the website for Tractor Supply, which is right near me, and it amazes me that there are reviews on everything, including bales of straw. And as I'm reading the bales of straw, people are commenting on how they used it. One person says, I used it for my rabbit cage. I used it as a bed for my goats. Somebody else said, I used it for my brother-in-law. <laughs> and I'm thinking, did he think it was it comfortable? <laughs> what did they use it for? I don't know. Got it for my brother-in-law. Did he like it? <laughs> Is this his meal? I don't know. Just that thought is it was funny. funny. People will write reviews on everything, including like a $10 bale of straw. That is funny. Daryl in New Jersey is calling with a lighting slash electrical issue or perhaps a poltergeist. What's going on at your house? Hi. Um, I purchased some LED lights from my home to be energy um, conscious. And um, I put uh, I put them in my kitchen in the hi-hats. Uh, there's about uh, 12 of them in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And um, sure, and they work great. And they're on a dimmer and, and uh, great that it's, it's 
great that they uh, they conserve energy and you don't have to replace them for like 20-something years. But I also have a Bose radio in the kitchen. And um, right after I put them in, I noticed that uh, um, the majority of the radio stations are complete static. Huh. And uh, when I turn the lights off, the radio works fine. Wow. So um, so I called up the, uh, the light bulb company, and they said, well, it's probably your dimmer, and they recommended certain dimmers that work with the lights. I went out and purchased the dimmer, um, and same problem. So I called the uh, bulb manufacturer again, and while I had them on the phone, I let them hear the radio with the lights off, and then turn the lights on, and they heard the static. They said they would get back to me, and I never heard from them again. I did some research on the Internet and found out that I'm not the only one that has this problem, but, um, you know, I haven't found a solution. So I went out and I bought another set of light bulbs, uh, different brand, and put those in uh, in other rooms in the house where I don't have radios. And the new brand that I got, the same problem. So uh, I'm sort of wrestling with what to do here, and I thought I'd give you a call and see if you had some ideas. Have you considered uh, using CDs? <laughs> <laughs> I, gee, I've never heard of that, and apparently the um, the the, the bulb manufacturer didn't either. Uh, who was the manufacturer? Uh, F E I T. Not familiar with them. Yeah, they're pretty popular. I, I bought the bulbs in Costco, um, yeah. but um, so I could return the bulbs. But I, you know, I'm pleased with them, and they save energy. Yeah. And like I said, I, I tried others, and same problem. Um, and when I when I did the research on the internet, I found I'm not the only one, but uh, haven't found anyone that has a solution. In fact, I just did this very same project. I replaced all of the light bulbs in my hi hats with a uh, a product that was called TCP, and uh, they were like these one piece inserts that basically you screw them into the socket uh, into the, the hi hat, and it's an LED, and it's it's a, a very flat and flush look. And very clean and and dimmable, so it's a it's a nice project to do. I'm afraid that I don't have a solution for you on this, but I would love if you would post this question in our community section, Daryl, including all the details on the on the manufacturers that you've had this problem with, um, because we've got some relationships that we can tap into and see if we can identify what's going on both with the bulb manufacturers and with the the dimmer manufacturers to find out if this has been an issue before and uh, why it could possibly be happening. I think it's a really interesting uh, question, an interesting problem, and I'd love to dig deeper into it uh, on your behalf. Great. Well, that's good to, uh, to know. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, did you know 92% of today's home buyers are using the Internet to find a new home? So that means web appeal is really the new curb appeal. It's not what the house looks like when you drive by. It's what it looks like online. So adding attractive photos to your listing is one of the most important things you can do to help sell your home. Now, here are some things that you should keep in mind. So first of all, your front door is the main focal point for curb appeal. So you've got to make sure that it sparkles with welcome. Now you can repaint or refinish the surface. You can polish the hardware and then touch up any surrounding trim. You can also update your front door by installing a new handle and lock set, a stylish address plate or new house numbers. That's really lovely to add. And you can even bring in a brand new mailbox. Then you can frame the new look with containers featuring bright seasonal blooms. That's really going to make that whole front entry just stand out. Now, you can also give your home's exterior a good scrub with a power washer to remove any cobwebs and dirt. Make sure you clean the windows inside and out. And here's a trick. Remove the screens 
Why would you do that? Because that shows off the windows and it lets a lot more light flow into the home, which makes the whole place look really fantastic. Now, speaking of lighting, you can illuminate the approach to your home with easy-to-install path lighting. And if your porch lighting looks tired, replace those fixtures with modern classics bright enough to enhance safety, but also highlight the facade's features. Landscaping is actually one of the easiest ways for homeowners to quickly increase a home's value with very little cost. So make sure the lawn is freshly mowed for those pictures and make sure you trim trees and shrubs that might overhang the house, hiding it from view. And if you take care of these few simple projects, your home will be ready for its close-up. Your pictures will look fantastic and hopefully you will nail a quick sale. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Christine in Washington is on the line with a leaky chimney. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. I have a, a chimney that's for a wood or a pellet stove, and the former owners put duct-taped cardboard in the opening, and it leaks when I have heavy rains and winds. I bet it does. <laughs> yeah. How do I close off the opening so it doesn't leak? So, first of all, we're talking about a wood stove chimney that's been sealed up with cardboard and duct tape. Does anyone think there's something wrong with this picture? <laughs> I mean, just maybe, right? Yeah. So are we still using the wood stove, Christine? No, uh, it's empty, and I put a table and lamp under it. So you're not using the wood stove at all? You don't want to use it? Why not just take it out? There's no wood stove there. It's just an empty space. That's why I put a table. Okay, so, so the chimney is left over from the wood stove. Yes. Then take the chimney out. Oh, really? The chimney is a hole in your roof. If you're not using it for the wood stove, then you don't need it, right? There's nothing else that uses the same chimney. Is it a metal pipe? Yeah, but the inside the house, it's part of the design of the living room. It looks like a space for a fireplace. So that's why it's all bricked in, and I, that's why I put a table and chair in it and made it sort of decorative. Right, but if you're never going to use it, okay, I, I don't really care what it looks like inside your house. I care about the penetration where it goes through the roof because that's where the leak is. And your options are either to properly flash the chimney, whatever that takes, which is not going to include duct tape and cardboard, by the way, but to have it professionally flashed so that it seals the the, the uh, intersection between the roofing shingle and the chimney or vent pipe. But if you're not using it, just remove it. You're taking that headache away. You can patch the roof and you'll never have to worry about leaks in that area again. Thank you very much. Craig in Pennsylvania is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? I had uh, an exterior concrete porch, and I enclosed it, and I'm trying to make it part of the uh, house now. But the floor itself, I said it's concrete. It's all cracked, and it's breaking up. Is there some easy way or some way I can um, smooth it out or do something with it to make it look like an interior room now? Is this part of the house? Absolutely. Um, first of all, if the surface is deteriorated, you're going to have to use a patching compound on it. And I would recommend the Premix Quickcrete Concrete Patch Compound. Uh, it comes in a tub, and you simply apply it to the surface. 
You can fill in all of those areas that are deteriorated. You can fill, fill over the cracks. And the reason using a patching compound is because it's designed specifically to stick to the concrete. If you use regular concrete, you're going to have a problem with that because it won't stick. It'll just split off again. All right, but if you use a concrete patching compound, it will adhere. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it's spring and time to plant the seeds that will become the beautiful blooms of summer. But if you're eager to get things going instantly, there is a solution. Yeah, you know, nothing says spring like colorful flowering plants in your yard. Now, if you can't wait for those seeds to sprout, you can plant live blooms for an instant pop of color. Now, the key is selecting the right type of flowers for your region, and this is actually a pretty specific science. Now, the country is divided into 11 different plant hardiness zones, and you can find out what your zone is and then choose plants that are compatible with it. You find your zone on the U.S. Department of Agriculture Hardiness Zone Map. I'm a zone five, whatever that means, and that's what I pick for when I go to the market. Now, prepping your soil for the flowers is also pretty important. You want to have healthy soil and the correct pH level for the types of flowers that you're planting. The way you figure that out is by testing your soil with a kit, and then you add organic matter as necessary. You can add peat moss, sawdust, sand, manure, ground bark, or homemade compost. We've been collecting our compost for the first time. It took me a little bit to get used to it, but now we have a bin on the counter, and I remember to put my eggshells in there and my veggie peels and stuff like that. So we just got the garden ready a couple of weeks ago, and it was fun to be able to dump all that stuff back into the garden and recycle it. Yeah, it's all about creating a routine, Tom. Now that you're into it, you're going to be doing it all the time. You also want to make sure that you're watering everything that you've planted as directed. You want to keep your soil moist and those flowers healthy. This way you have a nice, beautiful garden all spring and summer season. Susan in Texas is on the line with a water question. What's going on? My daughter has a country home she just purchased, and there's a 900-foot deep water well on it. And she wanted to know, does she need to use a water softener or a carbon filter for the drinking water? And also, how much electricity would that use, that water well? Well, the first thing she needs to do is to have a comprehensive water test done. Was that done? I believe so, because they had inspectors come out. But I don't remember what she said. Yeah, well, I wouldn't believe anything unless I had a result back from a, from a water testing laboratory. That's going to tell you what kind of treatment you need to do locally. So the first thing she needs to do is to get a water test done, a thorough water test done, that's going to check for uh, all sorts of contaminants and pesticides and that sort of thing. And then based on that, you can determine what you want to do to treat the water. But you just don't start treating it first. You start with the test, and the test is what determines what needs to be treated. Make sense? Yes, lots of sense, yes. All right, good luck, Susan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Greg wrote into Team Money Pit and has a question about putting down wood decking boards. Now, Greg says, bark side up or bark side down. I've heard both different ways. What's your take on that? Now, this is interesting, Tom. So when you're cutting wood boards from the tree lumber itself, I guess, I mean, I would have only considered like the first slice or two to have a bark side. But I guess as you cut it, each one has a bark side? Well, yeah. So when we talk about bark side up or bark side down, we're talking about the looking at the rings of the tree, right? So if you imagine you have a, a deck board, let's say it's a, a two by six, right? And you're looking at the end of it and you see the rings of the tree. You want the rings uh, to be basically arced up. So the arc is up. The arc is not upside down. So the arc is not like a U, right? You want it like um, 
an upside down U. You want to basically see that arc up. That means that's the outside of the tree. Like a rainbow. Yes, like a rainbow. Good analogy. And the reason is because all those boards are eventually going to cup, right, as they dry out. And you want them to cup inward, not cup outward, because if you put it upside down, that board is going to cup and lift up, and then you can catch your foot and trip on it, and, you know, that gets ugly and messy. So you always want to put bark side up. We're not meaning literal, literally bark. <laughs> I guess you could if you were really cutting down a tree. We're talking about the outside uh, of the tree goes up and the inside goes down. It's interesting because I would always think that as you, you know, when you take the round tree itself and you're sort of creating the boards from it, I just imagined in my mind as you got closer to the center, right. I guess I just thought the rings kind of... Not flattened out they, more, they, but well, they, they got tighter together. They get tighter yeah. together in the middle, and then they spread out as you get to the outside. But and, and look, you can't always tell. Um, there's also when you're talking about flooring. Sometimes we talk about ring cut flooring, where those lines are almost vertical. And we're talking about that 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 you know thick line and thin line. Well, the thick lines are summer growth. The thin lines are winter growth, right? So if you see those thin lines going uh, perpendicular to the board. That's like ring cut, and that's really darn. That's really pretty darn stable. You know, we did some floor patching uh, in the winter with a hardwood floor, and we made sure that we used a ring cut wood for that because it actually made a big difference in terms of the durability of the surface. But with a deck, you know, you'll find, especially with the thinner deck boards that are like five quarter by six or like an inch and an eighth, roughly thick. Uh, if you don't put bark side up, that board's going to cup and it's going to sort of lift up off of the joist around the edges, and it looks bad. And again, you can trip on it. So it's a really good thing to check. So I guess now with Greg's question of bark side up, bark side down, he's probably using some fresh raw lumber here. So Greg, depending on what you've picked, you've got to allow this lumber time to cure before you put any application on this or finish this deck in any way, shape or form. Yeah. If it's pressure treated, especially I say, don't stain it the first year. Because there's a lot of moisture in that wood, and it's just going to affect the ability of the stain to soak in. So I would wait the first year, let it go through a full summer, let that moisture bake out of it. And then the second year, before the summer hits, maybe you know early spring, mid-spring, then it's a good idea to stain it. And use a solid color stain. It has more pigment in it. It lasts a lot longer, but it still shows the wood grain. Or the bark, in this case. <laughs> All right, good call. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on a beautiful spring day. We hope that you are outside enjoying this great weather, tackling maybe some projects around your house and fixing it up so that it is home sweet home for you. Remember, as you get into those projects inside and out, if you've got questions, we are actually available 24-7. The way you reach us is by calling 888-MONEYPIT, leaving your question there or best way is to go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. We will be very happy to get back to you the next time we produce the show. But for now, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.